coaches, you know, any coach, there's 30 different disciplines I think of coaching. Um, we can help coaches run and manage your business. Um, on our platform, you can coach more, work less. I think I mentioned earlier that coaches typically spend about 80% of their time right now on back office, scheduling, billing, follow-up, email, documents, chasing people down, marketing, all that stuff is completely automated on our platform. Wow, that's not what they got into business for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Coaches got in business to heal people, to help people, to coach more. And so we want to um, take away all that headache um, for coaches on a platform that allows them to have more of them and less of the technology. The technology just simply helps elevate their business and elevates their um, ability to run and manage the business. And for people looking for a coach, it's a great platform with a wide variety of practitioners, over 30 different disciplines that you can match to the right coach based on your individual needs, goals, personality, current mindset, um, and you get strategically matched to the right coach. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. This is episode 80, our special guest, Nicole Lowe, the founder of Soul Life, that's S-O-L-E Life. The title today is The Truth About Coaching, what you need to know as a coach or someone looking for a coach. Let's face it, the coaching world can be so confusing and in many ways stigmatized. We think if I have to get a coach, that must mean something is wrong with me or I'm failing. Nicole Lowe has walked the walk. She has been a leader in sales organizations. She has been a coach and in fact has coached over 500 coaches herself. And here's what she discovered, that too many coaches are spending very little time on coaching and helping and more time trying to figure out the business of coaching. So Nicole has created Soul Life, which exists to help coaches deal with the business side of coaching, including how do I get clients? It also has an algorithm that helps match people who are interested in coaching with a great fit coach. It's going to be a great conversation. Nicole is going to talk about the full gamut, what works in coaching, what doesn't work, what questions you should be asking if you're looking for a coach, how you should look at coaching for yourself. And if you are in a coaching business, talking about the ways that you can enhance your ability to make a difference while making it easier for you to run your business. It's going to be a wide ranging discussion on all things coaching with Nicole Lowe. Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Craig and I are back here, and I don't know if I have said this word yet, but I am giddy. I'm giddy about our guest today. I am not thrilled. I'm not excited. I'm not even ecstatic. I am giddy uh, to have Nicole Lowe with us today. 
When I first met Nicole in the Raleigh, North Carolina area a few years ago, I remember us sitting down for coffee and I remember thinking, I'm going to just be blunt, who the hell is this? And not in a bad way. It was all a good way. Like, oh my gosh, this, this is an amazing person, amazing woman, uh, amazing leader. I got it. All I knew is I got to get to know her better. And uh, that journey has continued. We have shared conversations. We have shared wine. We have shared laughter to the point of tears, including with Craig and I and Nicole and Michael, uh, her amazing husband. So we have Nicole Lowe with us today. She is the founder of a new, newer organization called Soul Life. That's S-O-L-E, Life. You're going to hear all about that today. She's got a background in leadership, in sales, in uh, advertising. But most importantly, she has a long history as a coach. And what she learned as a coach is that coaches actually struggle with the business of coaching. That so many coaches focus their time and energy on how to be better coaches, which is vital. But there's so much about being a coach. And she came up with this brilliant idea to create Soul Life, which is all about feeding, helping other coaches live their passion and make a difference. And she's doing it through Soul Life. So welcome, Nicole. Well, thank you, Jeff and Craig. It's it's. I am excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, I am a fan of your podcast. And yes, Jeff, I remember that first day meeting with you. We talked, <laughs> I think we talked for two and a half hours. And if I remember right, your plane was delayed. And so I think we extended another hour beyond that. <laughs> that is true. Sure. That is that absolutely true. It was a br- it was a brilliant beginning. Yes. We don't know where it's going to go. This is part of the journey yet today. So, Nicole, give give our listeners a little bit of the background story that brings us here today. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, like all of us, we all have uh, an interesting past. We all have a past full of uh, highs and lows and twists and turns and people we meet along the way and failures and successes and and all of that and everything is what, what led me to build Soul Life. And, you know, as a entrepreneur by heart, I have a past working, um, I started off in, in my career as a film producer. And from there, I, I built a production company in Minneapolis and had a great time working with a lot of creative people. And like prepared, Prince. Like Prince, yes. And Mariah Carey. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and then I went to corporate America for about eight years and I, and I quickly learned, although not quickly, because it took me eight years to figure this out, I'm not a corporate person. I don't play well <laughs> with other corporate people. So during that, Maybe you should be coached about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was an incredible experience. And um, I was an executive salesperson, but I still had that strong leadership, entrepreneurial. I want to go out and I want to build something that's bigger than life and leave a legacy. I ha- I've had that since forever. And so I took a leap of faith, although it was literally a leap of faith because I had no idea what I was going to do when I left my corporate job, but I had a talent for coaching and I had a love for coaching and I had a passion for it. And so I started a company in Southern California where I started coaching. Um, I started doing some health coaching, working with medical professionals who um, I was helping their patients with just helping them get through the emotional experience of learning that maybe that they have cancer or finding out for the first time that they have diabetes and they have to change their lifestyle and a lot of other things too. And what I found is that we are all beautifully human and we all are broken in many ways. 
And we're not meant to do life alone. We're meant to do life with each other. And I loved being part of that journey with someone Mm -hmm. to walk along with somebody and say, okay, let's talk about what your passions are and where you are in life and, and, and how can we make, how can we leverage leverage the best of humanity, the best in you? How can we leverage that? And how can we make a life worth living? And I enjoyed that so much. And during that experience is when I started working with other coaches. And a lot of these coaches were students or recent graduates. And I found that they had the same problem. They were excited. They were full of hope, full of excitement. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to make this amazing career for myself. And uh oh, (laughs) how do I do it? What technology do I use? I don't know anything about sales or marketing or you know, being able to convert a prospect into a paid client. And I just don't know what to do. So I worked with a lot of coaches in the beginning, just really helping them set up their business to understand sales, to be okay with sales, to be okay with asking for the money, to be okay with saying, you know, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. What I do means something in life. And it's okay to ask for, um, for a salary for money. And so during that process, I ended up coaching about 500 coaches throughout the world. And I thought, wow, I'm hearing the same story, regardless (laughs) if I was working with a 20-year-old or an 80-year-old, or they were a recent graduate, or I'd been coaching for a while. How can I make money? 82% of coaches go out of business within the first two years because of two things. One, They're leveraging, they're trying to leverage so much different technology and they're spending 80% of their time doing back office work. And the second part is they don't know how to find clients. It's really difficult to find clients. So I thought I'm going to set out and I'm going to solve this problem. And that was really the birth of Soul Life. Wow. Well, we're going to go into a lot of what Soul Life offers, but more importantly, let's, let's talk about, I think it's a difficult question. Coaching. I'm a coach. Uh, you're a coach. I think it is the most confusing concept on the planet. And I will tell you, for about five years, I chose not to use the word in my business. I didn't even want to use the word because every time someone heard it, it became the, the equivalent of every single person who had ever done anything on any topic in any realm and any area. And I avoided it. So can you maybe bring a little clarity to this concept of coaching? Sure. You know, Jeff, I think that there's a lot of reasons why there's confusion around coaching. And one of the main reasons is the problem is, is that you've got so many different people out there um, right now who are saying they're a coach and some are certified, some are not, some are better than others. And some do this and some do that. And the reality is that there's 25 million people looking for a coach today. And looking for a coach, not okay. Looking wow. for a coach today. And with the pandemic, that desire and awareness for coaching is only accelerated. Hmm. And by 2025, there'll be 40 million people looking for a coach. But the problem is, is that if you go online or you start to talk to friends and family, there's a lot of noise and a lot of confusion around what coaching is and what coaching can do. Now, on one hand, we're raising the awareness for coaching with shows like Billions, right? Who, who, I mean, everybody knows Wendy Rhodes, right? Wendy Rhodes is this phenomenal coach that 
works in Wall Street and she can help be, people be at their top performance peak, right? But then there's also a conception, a misconception in the world that, well, coaching is only for the rich and famous. Coaching can, in fact, be in everybody's life, in everyday life. And there's a tipping point between therapy and coaching right. that where, co where therapy ends, coaching takes off because coaching can, like I said, in fact, be part of your everyday life. So I think one of the problems with understanding and changing the market and changing the perception around coaching is one, we have to get rid of the noise, all the noise and all the misconception out there. And how we do that is we start leveraging the best coaches out there, providing platforms for the best coaches out there to have a voice and to be able to work with associations and work with people who have, um, who have an in-depth knowledge of coaching and be able to re-educate the world about what coaching can, can do and can be. Um, I think it's education for one. I think it's also embracing, um, and I'm okay with this, I, embracing some regulation around coaching and, and having guidelines around the coaching modality. So we elevate the standards of coaching. Um, we encourage certification schools. We encourage training. We encourage coaches who have been, let's say, CEOs or executives for 10, 20, 30 years to mentor and to give back. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can go about that. But Jeff, I think the first, I think the first thing is education and um, cutting through the noise in the marketplace. When we look at coaching, I've, I've been on the receiving end of both of you, um, receiving some coaching from both of you, and both of you are phenomenal. And so I, I understand this maybe a little bit more for our listeners. What is it? What, what should somebody expect when they step into that coaching experience? Mm -hmm. So from what I've experienced, you know, I'm, I'm going in, I may have a problem, I may have an issue, I may have a blind spot that I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on. What's this thing that's tripping me up? Why do I keep going down the same path? Whatever those things are. Or maybe there's a reason that I want to maybe advance my career, get better at my relationships, improve my health. All of those things can be done with coaching. And so are there different types of coaches? Um, what, what should somebody ex expect? Great question, Craig. Um, I'd say first and foremost, taking a look at your expectations is, is the most important thing someone can do before they go into a coaching program or, or, or embraces coaches or embraces a coach. And the first question I would ask is, what are your expectations for yourself? And what are your expectations? And what is your motivation for coaching? Here's something that is really important before you hire a coach. Are you looking for that coach to solve your problems? Are you looking for that coach to wave a magic wand and magically make all your pain go away? That's not going to happen. What actually happens with a coach is a coach encourages you, holds you accountable, and walks that life and walks that road with you and helps you go through the journey. But the work is 100% on the client. It's 100% on you. And so expectations, I would actually ask the question with the question and say, what are your expectations for yourself? And get those in check. How coachable are you? And how ready are you for change? Because one, one thing about hiring a coach, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Hiring really <laughs> is about- yes, you, you have both ready. challenged me tremendously. Yes. So. yes. 
And you know, you're ready, you're ready to make a change. You're ready to be open. You're ready to be vulnerable and you're ready to see your blind spot and you're ready to transform. And transforming comes with pain, sadness, tears, regret, you know, emotion. But if you're willing to, to be vulnerable and to work through that, then I would say, get with a coach that, that matches your goals. So in other words, if your goal is to be a better leader, don't go to a, um, you know, don't go to a health coach that um, only works with people on how to be a vegetarian. <laughs> you know, I'm doing one extreme to the other. You know, really consider your goals. Be very intentional with your goals and an interview. It's quite okay for people to interview coaches, to go through maybe two or three different coaches and ask them, what are your interests? What's your style? What's your specialty? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you as a coach? What are your expectations of me as your client? And there should be a synergy. There should be a match. There should be a connection with that person that you decide to walk a very intimate walk with. Well, Nicole, let me ask you this question. This is somewhat related to what you just answered for Craig and also a comment you made earlier about regulation or use that word. I'm not... So I guess for me, I, I, I struggle with it because I see the need of it and I see the danger of it. So I've been coaching for about 12 years now. In those 12 years, I think this is accurate, not just coaching clients, but potential coaching clients. Um, I would say, let's go prospects and actual coaching clients. Less than three times in 12 years have I been asked about certification. <laughs> and I don't have a certification. Um, and I know a lot of certified coaches that I wouldn't hire. I wouldn't give them a dollar. Um, and that's not a right or wrong. It's just my assessment. So how can people today, because you're talking about a global solution, what are some of the questions that individuals can be asking their coaches, including about certifications that help them be able to better discern through the noise? Because the noise isn't going to go away quickly. Sure. That's the reality. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And that's a great question. And I agree with you, Jeff. It's um, some of the greatest coaches that walk our planet um, are ones that haven't gone through a certification program, right? And you yourself have life experience that you impart on your clients, which there, there is no, there's no replay. You can, there, there's not a book in the world that can teach you life experience, right? And, and going through life experience and how you put that into your coaching practice and how you impart that wisdom on your client is, is, is incredible. There's no, there's no words to describe that. But I think as a, you know, buyer beware, um, somebody looking for a coach, it's important to vet them. It's important to ask them questions. And certification is just one of many questions to ask. And, and it's not the most, you know, it can be arguably an important question or not an important question. But other questions that become really relevant is what kind of coach are you? You know, what, what is your philosophy? You know, what is your specialty? What's your life experience? So if I'm a CEO of a company and I am dealing with C-level issues, yeah. I'm going to want a coach that understands that, that has gone through that process and gets where I am. Um, you know, you wouldn't put not to go there, but you won't want to put like a, like a Trump and a Biden person together, right? You know, I mean, that's not going to be a good match. <laughs> you know, so not that you go political, but you need to have a certain level of rapport and synergy yeah. and and common shared interests. Um, because 
it's really about trust. It's really about building that trust. And trust comes from common language, um, connection, um, shared experience, shared interests, um, similar communication style. So these are the things that I would I would suggest people looking for a coach to consider that when you when you're out there looking for a coach. And I, I think I'm not sure if you fully mentioned this one. I will add it to the list. And I'm, it's interesting playing listening to this, thinking about how few how rarely I've been asked these questions. And maybe it's because people didn't think of it. Maybe if they got a sense, they knew the answer. I don't know. Like I would want to know. Tell me about. Tell me about your experience with coaches. I've never been asked that. I'm like, why are you not asking me? Now, I may share it. I think I do often share that I've had coaches like oh, since I have to go back um, since 1998. So what's that, 22 years? I would probably say there's two or three years max where I didn't have a coach of some type. So I've, I've engaged coaches. But like one of the things I always want to know with someone who might coach me is I want to get a sense that they've done their work. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're done. And I will tell you, I interact with a good number of coaches that my gut tells me they haven't done their work. Can you clarify that a little bit, Jeff? Because when you say do the work, um, some of yeah. our listeners may not quite understand what you're talking about. Well, I'll, I'll do my best because some of it's an intuitive piece. Some of it's the types of things they say or don't say. Mm-hmm. Um, that will tell me, well, here's an example. This is just a, a simple clue. I was talking to a coach recently and they were talking about from an accountability perspective. Um, what was the word they used? They're talking about, they had a client session coming up or they had just had the client session. And um, they said, frankly, they weren't prepared and I ate them alive. Oh, eat them alive. Coaches don't eat people alive. I went, oh, you're a consultant. So I'm thinking in my head, you're a consultant, not a coach. And that's so basically you see yourself as someone who just tells people what to do. That's not at all a coach. I think that goes to your point, Nicole, about be clear on what you may not know what kind of coaching you need, but what are you trying to achieve? What's working? What's not working? Uh, Because I think that confusion right there is a big one. You want someone to tell you what to do, don't engage a coach. That's a really good point. So I guess the difference is then you're looking at, you have a coach, you have a consultant, you have a mentor. Each of those plays a different role. You know, so a mentor is going to come with the experience and being able to share from their perspective what they've gone through so that that may be able to help you. Consultant is there to do something for you and the coach is there to do what? Yeah. I mean, what, what is the coach there for? Is, is the coach, is it just about asking questions or can the coach provide some guidance? Well, I think you're seeing almost a revolution in the coaching industry, I see, over the last several years on, uh, on that particular topic. Okay. Um, but to answer it in its traditional form, um, Craig, is that you've got therapists on one hand, you've got consultants on the other, and the coach is somewhere in between. Okay. A coach will tap in a little bit on the therapy side because we get real deep and real personal and there's a lot right. of emotion around that. And then a little bit on the, cons- some coaches tap into the consulting side a little bit where we encourage you to make decisions. So let's say that you, we don't tell you what the decisions are or tell you do this or do that, but we encourage you to go through the process to come up with the decision. 
right? So there is a process in this is my goal. I have a goal to quit my job to get hired um, as an executive vice president of a Fortune 500 company, and I want to be making 250000 a year. Okay, okay. great. Well, and a consultant might go, okay, we'll do this, 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 and this, and you go away and have to do it. Well, there's really no value in that, right? I mean, there is value in that, but there's there's like, okay, well, what do you do? How do you change your own procrastination issues? Or how do you yeah, right. your own fear and, and all of that? So <laughs> The same person did, who didn't meet those goals last yeah, year. Exactly. I mean, right. consultants, I mean, I'm, I do consulting work. Consulting's great. Don't get me wrong. But what a coach will do is a coach will say, okay, what are your roadblocks? Okay. Why haven't you done it? You've had this dream for five years. What's going on? You know, let's let's dig deep. Well, all right, okay, we got a procrastination issue. Where does the procrastination come from? Okay, so it comes from an insecurity, maybe an insecurity of something that happened in high school. And so then we work through that and we go, okay, so what would be possible for you if we were to let that insecurity go, not put any meaning in that, just let it go? What would be available to you now? If you didn't have that insecurity running your life, well, I guess I would feel more quite honestly, I might actually wake up tomorrow morning and ask my, and keep my job that I've got now, but ask my, my boss for a raise. Okay, great. Or maybe I'm ready to just put in my notice. I've got enough in the savings account and I'm going to go out and find another job, you know, whatever that is. My point is, is that a coach helps you through the process. A coach walks through that with you and helps peel the, la- the layers of the onion back, find out what, what your blind spots are. And through positive intervention, through constructive intervention and support and positive psychology and encouragement helps you go through that process to get, to help you get to the goal that you're trying to achieve. Oh. And, and I would say, and offers tools. Mm-hmm. To use that new awareness, because that's one of the questions I get a lot is people say, well, great, I'm aware of this now. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's, it's not really, I mean, I would say it's, I, it's, it's incredibly rare that I would say to any client, anything that even sounds like advice, even mm-hmm. the advice are going to be something like, have you thought about this? Or how would you react if you thought about doing this? Mm-hmm. Which is not about the idea, more to see how they react to it. Say, oh my God, I would be terrified by that. Oh, let's talk about it. So what's terrifying about that? And I think you're, I love what you said, Nicole, to me, when people say, what do you do? The simplest version is I help people get out of their own way yeah. by helping them identify the obstacles that are in the way of what they, so yes, will I help them get clear on what they want? Sure. But a lot of people know what they want and they have that they have an idea how to get there, but they keep, the example I just came up with actually in the last 24 hours, I was writing something down is that coaches help people understand the race they're actually running <laughs> in the sense of most people I like the visual of they think they're preparing to run a hundred yard dash and they prepare their mind, body, soul, and spirit to run a hundred yard dash. The problem is it's actually a hundred yard hurdle. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying, if you are trained for a hundred yard dash, but you go run a hundred yard hurdle, guarantee you will fail. You are not going to achieve your objectives. To me, the coaching is to help say, hey, look at, let's look at these hurdles and let's get those out of the way. You have what you need already. We got to get rid of some of the stuff you don't really need. That's to me how the essence of coaching. Right. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful analogy. I love that. Yeah. And when we look at that, that's 
I'm sorry. So when we look at that sports coach, you know, that's what we typically think of, you know, the, the big coaches out there and what they're doing is they're identifying, they're seeing something in the person that they can't see themselves oftentimes to help provide that refinement. You know, we talk about blind spots, well, we don't know our blind spots by definition. And so the coach helps come alongside, helps to expose those things and says, okay, here's some, here's some things that you can do to get better at that. So if we're looking at that sports thing, now we're, we're bringing that over into our life and our relationships. Oh, you had a conflict in this area. Okay, what did you say that may have triggered that? You know, you, you're an executive coach. Okay, now you're, you're in this team and you're seeing that some of your people are disengaging. What's, what's going on there? Are you maybe not building the kind of trust that you would want to have? And so I guess we're looking across multiple facets of life, but all of that comes back to the same process. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. I mean, you know, a well-trained coach can, can in fact, coach anyone. It's, it's, it's a very similar process that coaches take their clients through. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, a coach is only as effective as two things. There's two things that have to happen for a coach to be effective. Number one, um, the, 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 the trust, the trust. There has to be common trust between the two people yeah. that have agreed to be in a coach-client relationship. So trust is number one. And number two, quite honestly, is the ability for the coach to be with the client in the moment of the emotional need. So let's Mm. take an example. So I did a lot of work, as I said, with medical doctors and patients. And a lot of the patients needed to lose weight because there was a component where being overweight, you know, had an effect on their particular disease or ailment. And so I worked a lot with with weight loss. Well, back then, you know, now we have a little bit more opportunity with text messaging and things like that. But back then, if I couldn't get or be available for my client in the moment that they were making that connection, for example, I'm at the, I'm in the dressing room (laughs) and I'm trying this new shirt on and oh my gosh, I have to lose weight, you know, and being able to be with that person in that moment and, and walk through that with them. It was really difficult a week later. So if they called and said, I want to schedule an appointment and then I'm with them a week later, well, the kids, you know, things happen with the kids, something was going on with the husband. Um, I'm distracted with work. I've got these deadlines and I'm not even thinking about it anymore. So for soul life, that was one of the main motivations for soul life is the ability to be able to connect clients and coaches on an on-demand platform that allows coaches to be in the moment at any time um, with their client um, to be able to connect on that emotional need, because that is such an, a critical component um, to be able to work with somebody. If wow. you want to not have an emotional connection with your goal, you will never reach the goal because I am a big <laughs> believer that it's not about willpower. It might be about yeah. discipline, but it's not about willpower. Willpower is exhausting. It depletes you. It sucks you dry. <laughs> yeah. We are motivated by having fun, as you said, Jeff, and, and being able to have a passion and energy um, and love and embracing that of which you are tasked to do. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I want to throw in there, as you were listening to those two things, Nicole, I was really intrigued by that. And another one popped in that I think is so vital from the coach's side, but it affects the relationship is coaches have to be willing to trust themselves Hmm. because I believe I do my best coaching when I trust myself and I follow those gut instincts because, you know, it's all about questions. I don't have a checklist. (laughs) 
I, I don't. I have questions that sometimes I use again, but usually it's, I call it listening for the question. Listening to that person and what's that question or there's a thread and there's an intuition that happens that I have to trust myself to follow it. And to me, there's, there's minimal risk actually, because the client will tell me if there's something to it or not. I know recently that was, obviously won't go into the detail, but was talking to a client and it had to do with their inner relationship with their wife, his wife, and was telling me all these scenarios. And we were doing the coaching work and just something hit me in the moment. And I said, do you test your wife? And there was this dead silence. Then he swore at me <laughs> what he said and said, that's exactly what I do. Because there was something about the scene and the scenario that felt like I wasn't saying, hey, you test your wife. It was, huh. And I'm pretty confident that if that was completely off base, he would have said, yeah, I don't think so. Because what I've learned is people, when you have that trust, they find their truth in that moment. They feel it. And I think he felt it like, oh, gosh, that's exactly what I do. I didn't know that was true. But coaches have to be willing to trust themselves and ask, go into that space of unknowing. Well, it's a really good point. I mean, I, in the sense of that, um, the art of great coaching is the art of great questioning. We are the great questioners. And so a coach will ask questions and be willing to be wrong with the questions, right? Because we're not, we're not the author of, of other people's lives, but we are in fact um, a conduit for them to discover deeper parts of themselves. And the only way we can do that and to reach that wisdom is to question, to continue to pull those layers back. And that's in fact what you were doing, Jeff. You were asking questions and it allowed him to go deeper into what he was, what was going on with him. And I think, you know, that's another great, great question for a coach too, when you're looking for a coach is, are you on a path of personal development? You know, yeah. if, you, if you're interviewing a coach and they're like, well, now the last time I had a coach or the last time I did any personal development was about five years ago. Gosh, I really need to add that to my life. Then you're thinking, well, you know, no. Okay. Because we what? must be on that path um, ourselves if we okay. are going to be effective with our clients. Well, isn't that what you were talking about earlier, Jeff, when you were saying they're doing the work, that, that they've gone through it themselves and they're working, you know, it's a constant process. It's not, I'm going to do it. It is. I, I... I want to know, and for me, I just, I'll admit it, I'll own it. There's a lot of it's a gut instinct. Yeah. You know, I meet people and pretty quickly when I interact with them, because I tend to have very authentic conversations. We're not talking about the, the details of their life. We're talking about who they are. And I don't know. I just get a sense pretty quickly whether someone's in, in has done some work or not. I can yeah. just often tell by their language, frankly. I mean, it's just like this last year going through the podcast and the, the various learnings that you've had along the way and, and saying, wow, you know, that was a new, new thing. And clearly you've been going through some pretty significant growth over 2020. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's been interesting, you know, being on the outside, seeing that, but, uh, you know, also going, sharing that with you. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. 
The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. I think people are terrified of the idea of coaching in a lot of ways because they believe if they need a coach, there's something wrong with them. Can you speak to that? Because I see a lot of people mm-hmm. who, who believe coaches are for people. They start in the workplace because most people in the workplace who get a coach because they're failing. That's, That's so still true. mostly true today. And they carry it over in their lives. So what would you say to people who are maybe thinking that way? Um, well, great question, Jeff. Really good question. Um, I can't speak to what people are thinking, but I, I can speak to some observations that I've made. Um, one big observation I've made and an assumption for Soul Life is that you're correct. You know, in the workplace, there is a concern about embracing coaching programs in the workplace because one, am I in trouble with HR? And two, if I engage in this, what is my boss, you know, what, what's my boss going to think? And three, where's all that information going? These are, these are valid concerns, but, 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 you know, there's a confidentiality with coaching. So it's not, you know, so hiring a coach, whether you're doing it internally or externally is, is, you know, there's a confidentiality around it. But so the big assumption for for soul life is we've identified that we've identified that there is a is a stigma and is a concern uh, within the workplace about hiring a coach. And so we work um, in the consumer market. So we work with independent coaches that are working with individuals looking for coaching. And I think that is where the greatest opportunity uh, lies. And we're, we're pretty excited about that. And I think the second thing is, is that you know, I think more and more shows are starting to talk about coaching, like Billions. You know, I'll go back to Wendy Rhodes, where what once seemed to be either uh, a stigma in a in a in an HR situation, or I have to be rich and famous to have a Tony Robbins coach, is now becoming more of a conversation. I think more people now are talking about coaching than they ever have in history, and that's a good thing because the more we talk about it, the more we can understand and learn and grow. Um, I see the future of coaching as being um, uh, something of great uh, excitement and abundance in that there will come a time and there's coming a time where people are embracing coaching, that the stigma is lifting. There is more acceptance about it. And, and the other thing that's interesting too is that I've seen I've seen another thing um, which has been kind of interesting, especially my work around uh, PTSD and and uh, dialectical behavioral therapy. In that, when you look at military or police officers um, dealing with PTSD, there's a lot of stigma about going to see a therapist because you don't want that on your record. But there's not the same level of stigma if they hire a coach. So I've seen a lot of therapists actually go and get coaching certification so they can start incorporating corporate um, coaching into their therapy practice. So I think we're seeing kind of a renaissance, if you will, Jeff, of where some of that stigma and fear is, is, is 
is going away and there's a new energy around coaching that's happening, I think it's important for, for people like uh, you and Craig and myself to be out on the forefront of that and to educate and to be leaders um, and be part of the conversation around this. Well, Nicole, you have a lot, of, you've mentioned a, a little bit of data a couple of times. You've talked about 25 million people looking for coaches. In 2025, there'll be 40 million. I'm curious if you have any data about between people using coaches based upon gender. Ooh. Ooh, that I'll is. I'll tell you what my, I don't know, my, what's coming up for me. I want to ask if you had any data before I tell you what I think. <laughs> the only data I have around that is that there are more female coaches than there are male coaches. So when you look at just coach, you know, coaches, um, you know, like, I don't know what the percentage is, but, but, you know, there are more women coaches, I think between the ages of 40 and I want to say 62, I think are, are the, are the biggest piece of that pie. Um, and I also know that the fastest growing, uh, sector, uh, or age generation, the, the, the fastest growing generation of, of new coaches is our millennials. So the younger generation is getting into coaching as a profession. Um, but I don't have that. That's interesting. I don't have that, that specific data. Well, do you know, happen to know roughly how much bigger the number is of women, female coaches versus male coaches? I don't quote me on this, but I think it's. I think it's 70, like 69, 70%. It's, it's quite significant. That's interesting. Um, that is interesting. Uh, I'm just pondering because that's been my experience as well. Mm -hmm. And my experience personally is I've basically been open to coaching both men and women. Although I think I have an affinity more for coaching men just because I think there's a need. Um, but I have, even without focusing on men over the 12 years, 80% of my clients have been men. In talking to uh, women coaches, it runs the gambit. Some of them are heavily focused on coaching women. Some coach both and prefer men. So it's interesting because what comes up for me is because of some cultural stigmas or perceived cultural stigmas, I have this sense that women are more likely to seek out a coach than a man because, because of the potential um, stigma of if you're a coach, you're somehow need help and people who need help are somehow weak. And culturally that's a bigger challenge for men in my belief than women mm -hmm. um, because there's so much tied to how men see themselves around weak strength or weakness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's true, but that's. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Jeff, and I think it's an important conversation and one that we could have a whole podcast around. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, you know, there's the whole how women naturally are. You know, if we just look at primal, you know, we're all different, but if we just look at some primal basic differences between um, you know, uh, men and women, but also how we're raised too, and what's accepted. And, and, and it's, and it's not, there's an unfair balance on what's accepted for, um, for women to be vulnerable and to talk and to communicate. And for guys, you know, growing up, it's like, no, you know, stiff upper lip, you know, don't, no crying in baseball. And, you know, these are all very 
generic stigmas that I'm talking about and certainly are not, you know, doesn't, it's not across the board here. But I think you bring up a really interesting point about leadership as well. So I think the greatest leaders of all time are the ones that aren't afraid to uh, be vulnerable. You know, Brené Brown talks about it, like lead from a place of vulnerability and lead from a place of being transparent. Um, you know, this is how we grow. You know, this is how we can become great leaders um, of our time. And so learning the art of being vulnerable is, is a whole education in itself. Um, and it's, uh, it's an important one. Um, you know, and it, and it's for me, you know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm a woman, but for me, I think about when I was younger, I probably embraced a lot of that male attributes where there was no crying in baseball for me. There was no failure. There was no reaching out for, um, for help or for protection. And, and that was very limiting. And once I was was sort of my eyes were opened up through Brené Brown and some other leaders and in the power of being able to say, you know what, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, I don't know. That is when real transformation happens. That's when all of a sudden the magic of pure, you know, um, life happens, you know, and, and the wisdom that comes with that. It's just, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think we need to do more podcasts and more training and more education around, around leading you know, by being vulnerable. Well, I certainly I'm with you on that. And I think what you highlight in that for me is the important role that a coach can play in helping people access their vulnerability in a safe way and place. Yeah. Because to me, that's the kind of, you said trust earlier. And I do think that's a trait of coaches. that's not often talked about. I believe really strong coaches need to have the ability to hold space for their clients, emotional space, uh, to not try and fix it, to allow that space so that person feels safe tapping into whatever it is, whether it's emotions, whatever those emotions are, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's joy that they never feel. They, you know, there's, to me, emotions are emotions. I always love the idea that it's, a, you know, emotions are a spigot but there's only one spigot for emotions. If you turn off one, you turn them all off. I really believe that. But I think tr coaches do need to have that ability to create that safe space for their clients. And at the same time, that's a place where those people can practice and learn about vulnerability before they go out and sort of just do it on the job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And all the more reason that when you're looking for a coach to have that trust, there needs to be that initial trust because without it, you can't get to a place of vulnerability. So, so that, that is really, um, you know, I just encourage all your listeners who are thinking about hiring a coach to, to walk through that conversation with the potential coach. It's okay to ask. I think sometimes we approach, and I'm guilty of this too, like going to the doctor or, you know, going to a therapist or going to somebody that we have high respect for. And we don't think that we have the right to ask those questions. It's okay. The, the whole idea of having a consultation with a coach is to see if it's a right match, to right. see if it makes sense. And the coach, the coach wants to be the right coach for you. The coach doesn't want to coach you unless it's a good match. So you're actually helping the coach and you're helping yourself by asking those questions. Um, you know, I think that's a really good, 
mm. you know, a good place to start when you, when you, when you're considering, you know, hiring a coach. I think you high up just, I'm sorry. I think you just hit something really vital, Nicole, for someone who's considering a coach to pay attention to the people they talk to. Do they sense that that person is asking questions to help figure out if they're the best fit or right. are they trying to get you as a client? Because right. that's, for me, that's it. I don't know if I'm the right solution. I believe I can add value to a lot of people, but not everybody. I'm not the right fit, but I have met coaches who are not that at all. And that makes me question. That's an example. Are you really a coach or are you just, you're here to sell everybody because you're the answer? If you really believe that, then to me, you're not a coach. Right. Or you're a dangerous coach. I'll just say it. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's something here at Soul Life we we take a lot of um, pride in, in that we have a matching algorithm that we created um, that is powered by artificial intelligence that will match you to the right coach based on your current mindset, your learning styles, your personality, your interest, and your goals, and the type of coach that you want. So, for example. I like a coach who is a drill sergeant and, you know, but is a positive cheerleader at the same time, you know, well, somebody else might be like, no, you know what? I just need the cheerleader. <laughs> Do not start <laughs> telling me, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to deal well with that. And so there's a lot of different components. And I think, you know, what's interesting for us as we are, you know, going through beta testing with our product and getting the feedback from people and from coaches is that, you're right. You mentioned this a while ago, a little bit ago, Jeff, is that, or one of you did, is that people don't know what questions to ask. And, and that's part of it, right? I don't know what to, you know, if I've never had coaching before. I'm not sure I would know what to ask, right? But the matching algorithm just takes our clients through that journey and kind of takes them through it and helps them get to the point of knowing what the right match is to the right coach. Because that matching component is a really important piece for trust, and for that opportunity for vulnerability. Well, one of the other things, if, I, if you're still doing this, um, just correct me, um, but with, with the Soul Life matching, you also have the ability to take a look at a coach, see their profile, and as time goes by, they're going to have ratings on there. Are you still yeah. providing that? Absolutely. I think that's critical. So we have, um, you know, kind of talking about that vetting process. So yeah. we have a vetting process um, for coaches who participate in the marketplace. Um, and, and part of that is also it's 20% vetting and then it's 80% what happens after they're, they're right. in the marketplace and working with, with, with humans, as we say, as people right. look for coaches. Um, and so they have to maintain a 4.5 out of 5.0 star rating to stay on that, that marketplace platform. So essentially we're, we're looking at, this is the way we buy books. This is the way we buy a lot of products. We're looking at the social proof of what other people are saying. And now you're able to bring that into coaching where we have a single platform that allows us to find a coach that's not only well-rated, but also is properly matched to us based on several different criteria. Yes. Sounds brilliant to me. Yes, thank you. We're excited about it. <laughs> so to that point, and, and as, we, as we get here towards wrap up, I, I have a two-part question for you, Nicole. One is, imagine you've got, you've got people listening who are coaches. I'm a coach. People are listening who are coaches. And you have people who are listening who are hiring a coach or might think about hiring a coach. What does each of those groups need to hear from you about soul life? 
What are you telling a coach about soul life? And what are you going to tell the people looking for a coach about soul? Great question. Um, For coaches, you know, any coach, there's 30 different disciplines. I think of coaching. Um, We can help coaches run and manage your business. Um, On our platform, you can coach more, work less. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned earlier that coaches typically spend about 80% of their time right now on back office scheduling, Mm -hmm. billing, follow-up, email, documents, chasing people down, marketing, all that stuff is completely automated on our platform. Uh, That's not what they got into business for. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Coaches got in business to heal people, to help people, to coach more. And so we want to um, take away all that headache um, for coaches on a platform that allows them to have more of them and less of the technology. The technology just simply helps elevate their business and elevates their um, ability to run and manage the business. And for people looking for a coach, it's a great platform with a wide variety of practitioners, over 30 different disciplines that you can match to the right coach based on your individual needs, goals, personality, current mindset, um, and you get strategically matched to the right coach. And um, yeah, that's what I have to say about Soul Life. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm so grateful that we had you here, Nicole. We always like to give you an opportunity. You've talked a bit about Soul Life. That may be it, but is there anything in particular you want to promote for our listeners today? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, so Soul Life is is new to the market. We're going through beta testing, but we are offering early access to your listeners. Um, so any coach that would be interested in coming on our platform and being a beta tester, um, you come on it for free. And all you have to do is answer a few questions to help us get through the beta testing. It's a lot of fun. We have 52 coaches right now who are having a lot of fun. Um, they're all feeling great about being able to be part of the product development. And then people looking for a coach, we are offering a one free coaching session um, and being matched to one of our coaches. And in exchange, we just ask that you answer a quick survey. So we'll be running that promotion for the next few weeks as we as we get through testing. And where can they find that? Soullife.com, S-O-L-E-L-I-F-E.com. And just click on the button that says early access. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. And we've got your website. What is the best way for people who want to reach out to you, Nicole? Sure. Just Nicole at soullife.com. And my name is spelt with an H. (laughs) So it's N-I-C-H-O-L-E at soullife.com. Wonderful. And as you know, we always wrap up our interviews with a couple of questions. And the first question for you, Nicole, is wisdom means a lot of different things to different people, but what's the one piece of wisdom our listeners need to hear from you today? Hmm. You know, as a leader, it's really important to remember that it's not about you when you get into a role of leadership. It is about serving the world. It is about serving your company, serving your community, serving your family, any kind of leadership position you're in, it's a place of, ser- of having a servant heart. And as a leader, um, it's important to embrace vulnerability. It's, imp- it's important to embrace um, the authenticity that comes with standing up and showing up and being real, because that, in fact, inspires the people around you um, to be able to do what they need to do. 
You know, have you ever noticed when you're with somebody who's got it all together and everything's right and nothing's wrong and you're scared to death because that person's perfect and it doesn't give you space to be real. So as a leader, we have a great responsibility to just show up, be real and allow other people to have the space um, to grow and to be and to expand around you. Love that. Love that. Love that, Nicole. And it's funny you say that because that's a great example. My bed talk today that went out this morning was about the saying of that a rising tide lifts all ships. Mm. And, but I was talking about in the context, so often it's about initiatives, like this big initiative will help everybody. But I was offering the question, that are, are you, are you each individual that rising tide that lifts everybody around you? Yeah. And, and you talking about that by being vulnerable you allow others permission and space to be the same so good. and that rises everybody's tide. And so I love that. I love that Jeff. That's fantastic. It's great. You, you have the other question I want to ask you is one that we don't, a lot of people don't ask. So I like that we're doing this one it's about leadership models. Who's that leadership model that comes to you for your life and why are they a leadership model? Wow. Great question. Um, you know, my source of leadership always comes from my source of spirit and inspiration, and that's God. Uh, I have prayer in my life, and I know that when I try to wing it, I end up failing. But when I bring prayer uh, into my life, that I am open to great change and great transformation. Um, and I think one of the greatest leaders of all time, quite honestly, is Jesus. You know, he showed up with a servant heart. He built a team around him of disciples that held him up and helped him when he was down. Um, and he never put anybody down. He always looked at everybody that they were better than himself. And that is a great place of great wisdom and a great power in just showing up and being a servant and, and knowing that we really are here to leverage the best of humanity. We really are. And so that's my greatest source of, of leadership in my life. Awesome. Amen. Amen to that. I, I also always like to say that Jesus, from my experience, was the most present human yes. that ever existed. And a thing that I didn't, I think it really brought me back to my faith was when I started to understand the way that Jesus was fierce as a leader. Hmm. Big time. Not the, not the angry, but the, the fierceness of conviction. And of mission, I will not be stopped. And of helping people. Yeah, that's uh, so. There's a, a fierceness to Jesus that gets be, gets lost, I think, in sometimes in the storytelling and the pictures and the yeah. lambs and the children. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here and all that you shared with us today. And most importantly, thank you for the work you do because you're making a difference in the world and that's what matters more than anything we could ever say here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Craig, for having me. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. 
You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cardivera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.